space where all the stars shine. Some hold greatness close, keeping out the cold, while others act as a lighthouse, telling stories untold. This is our responsibility as beings of all kinds, to search, to embrace, ride the waves and find all of our stars. This is Star Trek Bait. With Joshua's Lieutenant Canton, Kevin, Lieutenant Commander Kelvec, and Tracy as Captain Vigrel. This episode we pick up with our players as their prisoners on the Coalition vessel, the Nilton. Thank you for joining us for our third and final season of Star Trek Fate. This episode is going to be a little bit different. That's why we have this kind of different intro here. We decided to start at the end of the episode and then have a flashback and find out how we got at that certain situation. And since we use the fate system, myself, the GM, and the players spent a few minutes working out how this would happen, what the ending would look like, and then we went back and played up until that point. If you're interested to find out how we did that, you can keep listening. There's no spoilers or anything. We just talk a little bit about the system. But if you just want to jump into the story, you're not going to miss anything. You can do that. You'll hear some similar music to this, and then you can just go. All you need to do is fast forward to the time code of 14 minutes. The last episode was, was the end of episode, episode season two. No, 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 no. Last time on yes. Star Trek, Double Under Years. <laughs> you guys were captured, and as I remember, it ended with being captured, going to warp, the Vulcan eating. No, no, Canton having his last fights, uh, and the Vulcan pointing out that they were going to warp. It's going to be some time after that, and I'll talk about how much it is in a second. But this third and final season will be like three or four sessions of us dealing with the coalition. And I want it to take place over a year, about a year's time. So some time passes in between, which actually is a good way to get in the social combat, which is which is good like over time, so we can do some of that too. And I think I was, as I was telling Kevin, it would probably be more like Deep Space Nine is kind of the feeling I want to go for, is this whole dealing with the coalition over time. Cool. Auspicious. Yes. Because I've tried to cover, like, there's the bottle episodes that we've done that are more like the original series, and mm. kind of growing up was kind of next generation. There was some Voyager thrown in there for Tracy. I've tried to. <laughs> I don't know what really aspect it, Enterprise has. I don't know, but I guess I've tried to throw... I guess I need to throw that in there. But anyway, so we got a year to play with this. There's some aspects on the world, mechanically, but... Basically, they are – you're captured you're months away from the Federation. You don't have your ship. There's a lot of things to overcome. We'll spend like three or four sessions doing that. The idea for this one, I see this way for you guys to add things to the story about the Coalition because I already have an idea of what they are and who they are. But I want you guys to actually add to that. You know, and the way you can do that is the whole, you know, spending fate points to declare things about them or just finding out what it is. Also – I get to spend fate points to re- tell you no. So basically, this this little story we're doing tonight is kind of you building onto what I have. We'll see how it goes. So what I'm going to set it up is like those episodes where it starts 10 minutes before the end of the episode. You know, it's going to start in a dark room with the characters muffled. It's not completely dark. It's like darkened. It's, you can't see a lot. But you guys are going to be together. Now, if people have consequences, because we're starting like eight weeks past when you got captured so things have happened that we're going to go we're going to do something and then go eight weeks before where you guys just got captured and go through and lead up to that point where we started does that make sense yeah you've seen the tv shows like that so it's going to yeah, be eight, basically rosebud we're starting at the end we're starting at the end <laughs> we're starting at the end it's eight weeks after from the point where we just left. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Eight flashbacks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just saying eight weeks right now. Once we set up the scene, we we could say that it's some other time, but we're starting okay. at the end. 
we're starting with like it, it'd be the scene is opening up to a darkened room. Not a lot of we're keeping it kind of vague because the more you describe, the more you're pigeonholing, you know, this going back and going to the future. So my I'll just tell you my idea. My idea is, you know, we open up on like a darkened room. There's some whispering. You guys are all in civilian clothing. Some people have some consequences like broken nose or bandages. Somebody's missing. Maybe somebody's there. Maybe Kelvec doesn't have his leg. And then we decide and, – and also, if people are missing or if you guys have consequences, you get a fake point for that. And then when we go back in time to the beginning of the story, everybody starts off as they were, and we have things – you know, we, we, tell, we tell the story leading up to that point where we started. So we have to figure out some way in the story why, why Zelda like broke her arm or why Malloy is crying. <laughs> we have to like we have to figure out why we are at that place. And my idea was just to have like a, a room with some some noises coming from outside and it's dusty, some people are injured, somebody's crying, somebody's missing. So that way we don't know if they're dead or not. And then you guys are trying to figure out like it's where you make a plan and somebody makes a comment is like you know, how do we even get here? Whatever. We could do some, some cliche thing. And then we go to eight weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks previous uh, eight weeks ago. And then it it pans to you guys in the brig when you just got captured. And then we tell the story from there. Okay. Does that make sense? So what do you guys feel like? This is this is me trying to get you guys to Do your job for you? Kind of. Uh, I, I, had, I had like a Basically, you guys will work together to make something, and I know how the coalition would react. So I'm gonna, I want to feed you guys stuff as you're telling your own story. So how do you, how do you see yourself? What would be a fun thing to end up in? Like, who's broken? Who's not? I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have some missing teeth. I like that. Okay. Because I'm pretty sure at some point I get punched in the mouth. <laughs> Okay. Do you have your leg? Why would they have taken that from me? I don't know. Uh, have we have we tinkered with it a bit? Souped it up? Yeah, that's got to be a thing. Where you know, mm-hmm. do they even know that it's a fake leg? They probably would eventually. They do scans of you guys and realize it's not a real leg. Mm. I mean, but I'm just saying that's something we can decide. They could have replaced it with, I don't know. Ill-suited alien prosthetic, or just a wooden cane. Would my leg have been like baller enough that I could have like finagled it to pass scans? I don't know. It's I maybe, know maybe it's got uh, bangs or you know just kind of dings in it from where he beat people with it for trying to take it away from him. Yeah, how would you feel about them trying to take your leg? You probably wouldn't like that. No. What if you still have it? But there's obvious compartments missing, or changed. We may have had, uh, you know, replace parts. Maybe the, uh, the power source. Like you know how when the power steering goes out on your car. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> well, because you know, who knows? Like you know, we could have done something like, ooh, can we, we use one of those power cells to override this force field or? So they took away the supplementary power that helps me use the the leg, a la oh, okay. the power steering. So, um, and you, you talk about talk to people who have uh, prosthetic legs and stuff, and they'll say like they're heavy and it it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And it wears on you. So Kevin Kelvec's leg is exposed, and compartments missing, and then in the story we'll find out why, which is they took it to slow you down or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. So you guys each get a fate point for that. I get a fate point? Yeah. Yay. Because that's the aspect you have on yourself. What about people? You've got Bones McKenzie, Zelda, Malloy. Do you guys want one of them to be missing? Or one of them to be injured in some way? Do you want them to be replaced with maybe a Ploctor from the ship or something? 
it feels right that Zelda should probably have been kidnapped. Yeah. It, it seems like the kind of person we need to rescue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've got an old man in the room telling us it's dangerous to go alone. Oh, that's horrible. Well, right now, it's missing. Okay, so right now, when the scene's going to open up, it's going to be you three plus Malloy, Malloy and Bones. Zelda's going to be missing. We're not going to know how. Probably kidnapped or something. What else are you guys thinking? We should have crates or cargo or something in the room with us. That's kind of how I envisioned it anyway, so that's good. Something that doesn't tell you exactly where you are on the opening scene. But you could be on the ship. You could be somewhere else. We don't know yet. Okay. Yep. But we're still in space. Uh, you don't – just from this opening scene, we don't know. We don't see window – like, do we see, like, bulkheads or – You see bulkheads, but they could be – if there's no windows. Like I said, I want to leave it – I want to leave it vague kind of so through the store you guys can say, hey, what if we did this and that and that? Then, it, then you know, if it happens that you guys somehow escape or something, we can still cut back to this scene and everything still works. And also for the audience, they don't know, you know, where you are. So I've got Vigro has missing teeth. Are they fresh? Is it like fresh blood? Or is it like well, you're already cleaned up and just have missing teeth? I, I think already cleaned up and just have missing teeth. Okay. Calvec legs exposed and parts missing but still works. Zelda's missing. There's crates and cargo. It's a darkened room. How about some ominous noises from outside? I like ominous noises. Okay, some muffled out, muffled noises outside. Could be people talking, could be nothing. How brutal do we think the coalition is? That's up to you guys. Can we take Star Trek in a dark direction? I what have, are they doing to Zelda right now? Well, I, I hadn't thought about that. I have, my vision for them is, they're well, you haven't really seen how dark they are. Somewhere other between Romulan and Cardassian. Yeah. They did that mine stuff. I wonder if these guys do. I have no idea. I mean, what? Somebody asks you how many lights there are, just run. Run. <laughs> Malloy could be, like, brainwashed. Okay. But I just, I don't know what everyone else thinks. But cool. Well, maybe, maybe traumatized or maybe, like, has no clue who they are. What if Zelda comes back to us midway through? We're wondering where she is. They throw her back in with us, and she is somewhat more receptive now, but broken. To clearly broken, <laughs> but much more receptive to what they want us to do. So is she going to be there in the end? Oh, wait, wait. I got an idea. I got an idea. In the end, she doesn't appear, mainly because at the end we could – like when we start, we see you guys talking – but at the end, we pull back, and she's like, you guys have got her tied up against a wall somewhere because she's trying to – maybe her and Malloy. So maybe her and Malloy are both missing in the in the start scene. Ah. Does that make right. sense? Sure. Okay. Zelda and Malloy. Poor Malloy. Yeah. So since you guys have – we've got to figure out those. There's two fate points on the scene that you guys can use as a group. Yeah, I like where you guys are going because I kind of was already going there anyway. Sweet. Okay. This is that simple interlude we talked about where we're going from the game making to the game playing. Waiting for everybody to join us. Have a snack. Pet your cat. Do the things. We're in a darkened room. There's bulkheads, crates, cargo. Noises coming from outside. It's vague enough where it could be blaster or people talking. We decide at the end. Okay. Big girl has missing teeth, but cleaned up. Kelvec's leg is exposed, and parts are missing. His leg does that audibly. So he has to so walk like slowly. Robocop. Yeah, do you want to sound like Robocop? Oh my god. Yeah, you sound like Robocop. You know what? I don't care. You sound like Robocop. <laughs> Freeze, punk. Freeze, punk. I love it. Okay, so actually, that's great. We will start there. So the episode will open up, and a darkened room slowly panning over. Uh, you see some bulkheads, actually, for yeah, being civilian clothing or civilian-looking Star Trek clothing. 
which is slightly out of style burlap sacks or something in the art department that they had laying around. Kind of like loose-fitting, like, peasant top kind of stuff. Yeah, it's stuff that doesn't really look right. It, it, it's, it looks like it would look medieval except it's glittery. Yeah, it's something really – it's not as bad as the time Ragger wore that, like, spaghetti-strapped shirt. <laughs> but it's kind of that kind of stuff. Actually, I may pay a fake. No, no, no. We're going to keep it serious. No spaghetti. I have a five. I make this look good. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. So you guys are in civilian clothing. There's whispered hushes. It is you three plus uh, Bones. Is Bones a girl or guy? You guys made him. Her. Well, we keep referring recall. to Bones as a him. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it's a guy. Okay. Gender bias. Yeah, so it's you four. Malloy and Zelda are not there. You guys are whispering. You hear some noises coming from outside, maybe some knocking. There, it's real dusty in the air because that's how they set up the scenes when things are supposed to be dirty. How are we going to set it up so we can go back to X weeks later? What are some couple well, things you can say and then stop? I, for one, am just thinking to myself, boy, I'm really glad I took the time to finish that meal because I haven't had a decent meal in eight weeks. Nice. No decent meal in eight weeks. We may end on that one, but I'll come back to it. Vigril Kelvec. You start to say something, and it's quite obvious that you have missing teeth. Yeah. What's the question again? We're just trying to set it up so that, you know, in the beginning of the show, some stuff happens. You guys say a line or two, and then we go back to eight weeks. Mm. Like a Canton just made up the fact that he hasn't had a decent meal in eight weeks. So that means during this story, you guys, or at least him, is not going to be able to have a good meal. That doesn't mean other people don't, but he at least will not be able to eat well. Hmm. There could be a, like a loud banging on the door, and you guys have to make a decision, and then we go back to eight weeks. Eight weeks, or like two months ago, or eight weeks previous or something. Sounds good. Yeah, I like that. What about there's a bit loud banging on the door. Canton says, Exas- uh, exasperated or just not paying attention? How do you guys react to the banging door? They've come again. Shh. I'm just going to stand up and be alert. Are you going to stand up and pull the, do the card maneuver? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bang on the door. Not like a oh, knocking. Oh, I think it would be, I think it is your turn, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> They've come again. I think it is oh. your turn, Captain. How about that? Uh, be nice if they brought more food this time. Not and then Canton could say, "No, oh, that'd be nice. I haven't had a decent meal in eight weeks. Zoom, eight weeks ago. <laughs> there you go. Does that work? Okay, nice. So we know during this time, somebody's coming to get you guys. You haven't ate in a while, and Vigril can't chew food. Hmm. And we come back to eight weeks ago where you guys are being <laughs> led into the brig. <laughs> yes. Yet another reference. No one will get. <laughs> <laughs> Sadly, so yeah. In comparison, this scene is well, not as bright as a TV Star Trek brig, but not as dingy as a Klingon brig. Maybe like maybe like you guys are saying, like a Cardassian brig, kind of in between. Yeah. Very utilitarian, but or like kind of like what you'd expect like a Romulan brig to be. Yeah, something like that. Uh, They're pretty dark. Actually, yeah, I don't know if a Romulan brig. I think it's kind of a mix of, it's kind of a mix of all the things except Klanon, because Klanons are just. I was gonna say dirty, but I I think that's beastist. Don't tell them I said that. Okay, you guys are letting there your your uniforms again. Vigro has teeth. Kelvik's leg is not making awesome sounds. Canton is wiping his mouth because he just had a good meal. Oh, what do you guys do? Zelda and Malloy are there. Are we all in the same cell? You're all in the same cell. It's this is 
in the 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 past. Yeah, this is eight weeks ago where you guys have just gotten captured. You're on that ship. And I, yeah, mm. it's not it's not actually um not actually a brig. Sorry, it's like a barracks room because there are well, like six, seven of you guys. They load you in, and you see there's armed guards outside, and there's yeah, you guys are not in the brig yet. You guys are in a barracks that has eight beds. And the room looks very similar to the one that it started in. Could it be the same? I don't know. Could just be budget issues. It's it's probably budget issues. <laughs> I can only afford a couple sets each show, so don't freak out. That's why I had that one that had just happened on the ship. The that budget guys super cheap for for not being able to use the cave set this time. <laughs> yeah, dude, that the first one, the whole cave set on a different planet, that was super expensive. <laughs> so I mean, this is also the third season, so I'm going minimalist here. We have enough for the last episode to blow all the money. But up until then, we're gonna save on set design. <laughs> so you guys get in there, okay. what are you gonna do? Well, I'm gonna be like, well, I feel like we did what we had to do, but it doesn't seem like they're willing to negotiate. Any suggestions? Well, I suppose that depends. I mean, if they're going to feed us that well every day, then I say we stick around and keep with the negotiations. <laughs> it was quite a good meal. <laughs> it was very nice. What about you, Kilvec? Anything? I uh, no. Okay, you're waiting. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking maybe we've got. I like question. I, I think we've got a couple of options. One, we could try to either take over the ship or try to get on a small <laughs> and escape. Now, hear me out. They're, they've got plenty of pirates on board too. If we could convince them to join us. Because they are not looking at a bright future, then we might be able to pull it off. Another option is we could put our all, all of our efforts into trying to get a signal out to Starfleet. And presumably Starfleet would send one or more ships out here to negotiate our release. You do know if you're still near where you were at subspace, it would take a little bit to get out there and ships would take... A couple months to get out where you guys are, but I mean it's still possible. Do we know what happened to the Toronto two? Last you saw, it was getting attacked, and you guys went to warp. We yeah, I, I think unfortunately, I think we have to assume that Toronto two is either destroyed or under enemy control. Um, mm. you you guys know just uh, the compliment that you left on the ship to Thelis, the communications guy would be in command. Uh, with Ralphie and Gran, Bill Williams, those are pretty much the big guys left. Rebecca Black is there. So is Ensign Crivolacarticus. Crivolacarticus, <laughs> yes. That's very okay. well done. Yes. Nice. Okay. So yeah, is that they're guy. all dead. <laughs> they could be all dead. Plus Jar, uh, Jar Tor, who is under uh, Bill Williams' control. Jar Vet is there as well. Well, just Vet. He was, you left him on the ship, right? Because that was one of the things you guys were fighting. Yeah, right. About. So the pirates went with you, and so did the civilians. Yes, yeah, seeing the, the – there was three drone ships. You guys saw them in combat before. You guys could probably take one of them, but three of them, probably not. So it's something we'll find out within the year, hopefully. I actually, and, and I say find out is kind of we just make it up. No. Whatever is most compelling. Have we seen enough of the ship and had enough encounters to where we even have an idea of the type of you know, technology that would be on the ship? Do they have cloaking devices? Is this something we'd even have a chance of controlling without you know, the proper DNA or whatever? Uh, give me hmm. investigation or notice or actually or scholarship because you guys have seen from the shuttle bay – to the mess hall, from the mess hall to the barracks. I wouldn't be able to use craftsmanship on that. If you actually, if you want to, yes, because I love craftsmanship skills. Alrighty. <laughs> I'm a sucker for craftsmanship and performance. So, 
Uh, if I could come up with a way to use performance, I would. <laughs> well, I'm looking. I'm I'm waiting for Kelvec. <laughs> All right, uh, it's a three. The three. I, I will actually go ahead and spend a uh, fate point to boost that up to a five. This is okay. going to be kind of important. Yeah, it is. And while you're having a mental thought, you other two guys, is there anything else? Like the same kind of like intelligence gathering check, I guess. Hmm. Would you be interested in? I know maybe. Well, I'll let you guys decide. I would have just been along the path at least after the dinner, looking for any like trying to observe like any locations of communications control terminal, any kind of term terminals where we could access stuff. So you're you're looking at terminals. Yeah. Uh, for to see how easy it is to access. Well, we'll um, just first, well first of all like if there's any that were along the path we took and maybe like if I have an idea of what they might do. Okay. Give me an investigation. Uh, I'll come back to yours, Joshua. I'm just getting everybody's together so we can get a good. Right. Uh, right. I figured. Okay. That's a fair, two. that's not yeah. two, three. Yeah. Three. That's okay. the game. Uh, Kelvec. I feel like maybe I am polishing my, the pan flute that they've let me they keep. Or would I would I have even brought that across? I'll take you. I don't think you said you did. If you you can, it'd be one of the things where you pay a fate point to you know. And I you would say a fate point to say that I have my pan flute. If I didn't want you to have it, I would have to pay you back. But this is me saying I would totally be cool with you having it. I don't know why I would have brought it with me. That's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, there's. You could say you know you could be voicing it you could have it and say i was hoping to you know share culture with them it seems that they're yeah some vulcan word opposed to that <laughs> they are uncultured no i just i'm just trying to okay whip out my new performance skill <laughs> their performance is you, you can use it for anything so it's okay yeah, i know but i think you um, get like a, do you get bonuses to your pan flute playing I should. If you get a stunt in it, yes, you could break. You could break that out at a, at another time too. Yeah, yeah. So keep that in your back pocket with the cheeseburger. Sort of like mind control field or a nebula that makes me turns me into some sort of like wicked like Lord of the Dance. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna put that down for a future episode. Lord Remember that of the dance nebula field yeah nebula field lord of the dance nebula field so yeah joshua had a game where we were in an opera and he had a script for us and we had to (laughs) sing it and it was pretty awesome nice of course you changed the ending because you didn't want to all die but other than that i got stabbed through the chest with a sword that's true and lived yeah, my guy was kind of beefy. <laughs> That's Except pretty bad still. His his werewolf girlfriend's the one that stabbed him, though, so it kind of hurt. Mm. It's yeah. Dresden Files. It was, yeah. Anyway, focus. So, yeah. what would you be kind of internally thinking about and gathering or saying? I would be tending to my leg, I feel like. This is still new, but they've just been—they've muddled with it. Have they? Have they've they just with ripped, it? Okay. I think they've just like very slapdashedly just ripped all the stuff out of it. Okay, so I we feel like might yeah. be an advantage to somebody else. They you when you guys walk in, we see Kelvec walking with like his pants like cut up, and then parts of it already pulled out. So we're starting off like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you're attending to it. Okay, for Joshua Canton. Yep. The kind of technology they have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what kind? Of, like, I forgot again. What are you? What are you wondering about their technology? Um, I'm wondering, just you know, what the ship is capable of, and what or how easily it would be for. Uh, so, you know, if by some miracle you know we cleared it off, or even had a terminal to access, 
how easy it would be for us to deal with it, interact with it. Okay. Um, what you guys, and this kind of goes along with what Vigril was saying too, you'll notice as you're going from, there are clear, unlike like Starfleet where the, every floor is kind of the same and everything's beige and it, nice, everything's kind of smooth. This part, this ship has different. It's almost like a, like a like a video game where you're doing um like the captain is dead, where each part of the ship has a specific purpose, and like it's broken up into sections. It, it's like, is it like it's more like a naval ship instead of being like a cruise ship, like Federation ships are. Yes, it is more. You definitely like when you go from one when you go from like the weapons part or whatever it is to the next one. There's definitely a change. Yeah, you know, like it, on like a cruise ship where two doors could look exactly the same, but they have completely different things inside. Mm. The the technology you don't see any for a five. For a five, uh, you were walking past and you got to see into some doors as people were going in and out. Oh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not basing that on what I observed in the tunnel. Okay, no. I'm trying to figure out, you know, from our interactions with these ships. The mini oh, itself, you're doing – you're, okay, no cloaking technology whatsoever. Um, you don't think that they are – they're not more advanced than you guys. If anything, they're maybe a little bit under-advanced. Not – I mean it's a decent fight. They're, they don't have, really have anything on you guys. Well, are, are you worried about the type of interface kind of like, for example, like the whole binary thing where there had to be two of them or – I'm just trying to figure out mostly, you know, what can we do with this technology if we can get it, get parts of it, take over the whole thing. Yeah, it, you do know, especially for a five, it's from the from what you've seen and what you're seeing now, it's meant to run on as few people as possible. It doesn't have like it can't deal with a lot of different threats as like a Starfleet vessel can. You know, in Starfleet, you can reconfigure the manifest coil and revert it through Jeffrey's tube, through whatever. Yeah. You can answer a lot of problems. This has – it works. It's very minimalist. I'm trying to see what else I can give you for a five, especially because you paid a fake point. And for Tracy, unlike Starfleet that has a lot of like access on panels just walking down the hallway, there's really no terminals – in the hallways, you you have to go into rooms, and there's there are some alcoves, almost like uh, payphones, that okay. ancient technology. There's terminals like at intersections, but it's like it's a little alcove. Hmm. And for Joshua, I at least give you like some kind of aspect on them. Uh, minimalist. Something about it being, you know, it's not like th like. Three monkeys and an ensign could do it, but it, it would take fewer people than a Starfleet vessel. Okay. Starfleet vessel has more moving parts. It takes more to repair. It can do more, but it's just – it's a lot more bells and whistles. Right. This has one bell and no whistle. One bell and no <laughs> whistle. All right. Actually, maybe that's the aspect. Yeah, that's a good aspect. Okay. One, this ship has one bell and no whistle. It does have a pan flute now though. Maybe. We don't know yet. <laughs> so you guys are working on that. Canton's working on his leg a little bit. Callback. Uh, oh, yes. Not Canton. Can't, I mean, maybe Canton's working on his own leg. I don't know. No, so much. The other people, Malloy is still trying to stay away from Kelvac. He's staying closer to Vigril. Zelda, the engineer, is talking with you, Canton about some engineering opportunities. Zelda's going to ask Captain, uh, we've got some panels here. Should we bother trying to access them? Or I, I think maybe we should we should not do it immediately. Um, let's try to come up with a plan because, yeah, you're, you're right. If we start messing with them, it's, prob it's potentially going – with the panels, it's potentially going to alert them. Okay. She's going to search. Oh. She doesn't think that there's any like video recordings or anything in here. 
Bones is going to try to get a reading on people. Hey, look at all oh, five. Are, are any of you get, trying to – actually, everybody give me a discipline roll. Kelvec, you get your bonuses. Woo! Oh, look at that stuff. <laughs> Kelvec has got a seven. Negro has a six. Canton has a two. Yeah. There's a reason I'm a lower-ranked officer. Yeah. Um, let's see what Malloy has. Rocket Malloy, he's got a four. Okay. So, yeah. What's his name? Bones McKenzie is going to come over to you, Canton, and just try to work with you. And he's, he's doing his psychological stuff. He's trying to help you out. He sees that you're a little distressed. But he's doing what he does. Um, but the doors are going to – there's going to be a knock on the door. Just similar enough to invoke the memory of the future, but you know, dissimilar enough so it could be something different. I like that memory of the future. Anyway, this sounds like it doesn't even have a door chime. There's only one bell here, <laughs> and it's not going to be your door. <laughs> oh god, I'm going to use that too much. So there's the knock. Um, the door opens, and you'll see Captain Nilton. He was the friendly captain that you guys had a discussion with a little bit ago. Okay. He's going to have some armed guards with him, of course. Uh, he's going to say, I'm sorry they had to come to this, but I wanted to come by and you know, let you know that we, we could have put you in the brig or something, but she wants you to be comfortable, as comfortable as you could be in this situation. Uh, that On our way back to Coalition Space to deal with this, uh, we're going to make a stop by a recently settled Coalition planet. Um, there's been some rumblings of crime taking over, and I want you to see you know, the kind of things that we deal with so maybe you can understand our plight and maybe understand where we're coming from. This And this, these kind of rumblings and stuff happen before these cities have these quantum communications established, which we've noticed that your, your Starfleet does not use this type of communications technology. I'm going to interrupt and say, you guys can thank Tracy because he said we needed something quantum. <laughs> so you're welcome. Well, while we're interrupted, can I do an empathy check to see if I trust him? Yeah, you guys can uh, You can do that. Kelvic, you believe him. Vigro, you believe him. Joshua, you believe him. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily going for – Or is he sincere? Or If he's sincere or – I was more going trust as in – do I feel like I have some sympathy with him? That's your own decision because he did lock you up. So he, he could – he'll probably say um, – actually, what he's going to do, he's going to invoke the fa- – nope, nope, not yet, not yet. <laughs> this is just him talking. But, I mean, like so far what he's saying, I'll, I'll keep going. Um, I wish I wish these kind of things didn't happen, but they have to. I want to give these people a chance, but they keep proving me wrong. Maybe that's why they sent me out here to this edge of space. Uh, to be in charge of nothing out here. But we gave them a chance, and without communication with us, things just seem to break down. Anyway, with the QCOMs, we can instant communications with anyone in our space. We notice your Starfleet doesn't have it. With your territory being as big as it is, we would think you should really use it. Maybe it's something we can you know, discuss on diplomatic terms and maybe share technology. We have sent a, a probe towards your Federation space, so we could alert you. We could alert them about these situations, but it will take many months for it to get there. But once it is there, we can – Empathy check. What? Empathy check. Okay. Well, let, me, let me finish this and then yes. Okay. So he's saying you know, we've sent one of these probes so we can have instant communications with your Federation. It will take a little bit to get there, but it should happen you know, while your trial is still there, so you'll have proper representation. Empathy check to see if he's telling the truth. Yeah, that he's telling the truth about actually sending the com- – actually communicating to Starfleet. Okay. Every – yep, you believe him. Okay. Because you matched it, so yeah, you uh, you do believe they sent a probe to talk with you guys. I'm going to say, um, Captain, while I am very upset with this situation, on some level understand why you felt the need to do it, and I hope you – can in some way understand why we did what we did. We do appreciate the you notifying Starfleet. One thing that might help communication is do you use subspace transmissions? 
me a provoke. Because you're trying to get information out of him, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, give me a provoke. Yeah. You get like a five. Well, let's see. Yeah. A one. Yeah, so he'll tell you. We, we have the capabilities of using subspace. We had just found that as spread out as we are, we needed – we use this QCOMS more. It's faster. It's more precise. Ooh, QCOM. Yeah. So as I was saying, like others may disagree with me, but I want to show you this. Some, some of my men have wanted to keep you here. Some have wanted to put you in the brig. I'm trying to put a good foot forward. We're going to arrive at this planet, and you can see the kind of things we deal with in about two hours. Until then, um, I hope you understand that this is maybe not my best choice, but how I have to do what I have to do. Uh, good day to you all. If you need anything, there will be uh, intercom here, and you can contact a representative, and he's going to leave. So you got two hours till they're going to come back. Two hours to plot our escape. I am going to... I'm going to search the area just to see if I get the impression that they're watching us, kind of 24-hour surveillance type of thing. Okay. Investigation. I'd even allow notice. Maybe I'd even allow craftsmanship. <laughs> you sure? Um, well, actually, I don't want to use that. I know, I know. I'm I'm a sucker for it. Give me an investigation. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, um, they hmm, for negative one. <laughs> <laughs> you get a feeling. You don't find anything, but you get a feeling like they totally are. Because if you yeah, no sense. Yeah, you you don't have any proof. But you, you think that they are watching and stuff. This technology is a little different. It's not advanced. It's just different. Right. And there's a lot of – there's a lot of – not so much holes in the wall. There are, but it's out of game. It's just because they don't really care that there's one of the things that's maybe right. a centimeter or two off to the side. But you're like, if I was hiding something, I'd put it in there. But, so you, you get a feeling that you, you're probably being watched and stuff. Kelvec and Vigrel? I'm going to take inventory of everything that's in the room. Okay. Just Beds. to see if there's anything useful. Beds. Um, give me an investigate. I'm going to see if you find anything. Basically see if... Uh, uh, nope, I didn't find anything. There's probably oxygen. <laughs> Maybe some nitrogen. Yeah, there's some Possible beds. Carbon dioxide. Yeah, some CO2. I had nothing. Might nothing be a little bit of methane before too long. Yeah, there it is. Mud <laughs> <laughs> humor, we're back. Yeah, there's nothing. It makes sense. They, they, it's almost, it's almost like they were just. This hasn't been used in a while. There's really nothing here to use to your advantage. It's been cleaned out. Okay. What about you, Kelvec? I want to be exercising out my new leg or my new old leg. Trying okay. to get that working, reorient gonna, all my like my Vulcan kata that I got. You're meditating. I'm gonna say you spent some time on that. I'm gonna give you a boost on your uh, getting used to new leg or something, something like that. Everybody else is um, what's his name? Bones is still gonna be talking with you, Canton. Maybe yeah. talking with uh, Malloy again. Beloy's going to ask you, what What would you – actually, no, that, that would be very disrespectful. Never mind. He was going to go to you, but he should go to his superior officer, which would be Kelvec. Yep. Actually, you know what? He's, he's a grown-up. Uh, Kelvec, you will be approached by Beloy and be like, sir, is there – it seems like this would be the situation where I just go under your advisement. What would you like me to do? Hmm. Good uh, I like that. Response. I like that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I see the little hands together. Oh, as you're like meditating on the things, and he's. I didn't even mean for that to happen. That's great. I'm supposed to be, yeah, like. Yeah, you're supposed to be meditating. Kata, not like the the fluid, the moving meditation okay. thing. Where, because I'm trying to get, since my leg has been messed with, to get my body. Yeah. Back to reoriented. Yeah. So he's gonna bother you while you're doing that. Um, what would you like him to do? Do what you feel wise, Lieutenant. Do what you feel wise, Lieutenant. 
<laughs> Zelda. Oh, she's even kill, so she's not going to do anything too crazy. Aww. Oh, for seven? <laughs> uh, she's going to say, Captain, I have an idea. Oh, she's okay. actually going to take the side and whisper. Uh, Captain, she is a she's a lieutenant commander, so she's she's like your fourth or fifth in command, something like that. Right. I've been looking around. I think I can get some access to some systems here. Not that I can read it, because I don't even know what their language is. But I can get us hooked up, I think, to through one of these panels. But that's only if you if you want me to. And I can so uh, wait. Hooked, hooked up to the ship systems? At least we can I can get us hooked in and get some readings in panels. I can see through it and see you know, engineering is engineering. It's a universal language. I know how things work. I know why they've got this coupling here and that. I I can at least get us hooked in and see maybe some readings on the ship. I don't know how helpful it'll be, and also if we get if they see us, they probably won't like it. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, ask you know how likely do you think it is that you'll be able to do that discreetly? I I haven't really practiced discreet engineering work in some time. I, I understand that. I let's keep that in mind. Um, they claim to be taking us down to a planet in a couple of hours. I think that would be a good opportunity. We should be able to see more of the ship at that point. We can try okay. to ob- observe and gather more information then. And while they're taking us out, I'm not going to rule out that an opportunity could present itself for us to make some take some kind of action then, but if not, provided that we are on our best behavior, I see no reason not to think they wouldn't bring us back here. Okay. So with more information and doing that, we'd be in a better position to try something. Okay. She's so going to go back and just look around stuff. We're going to go back to – about two hours pass. He's going to come back. Oh, I did have one thing I wanted to yes, yes. talk to a – the captain about what's that i said uh, so you know captain um, we've uh, had some situations in the past never quite as rough as this where uh, some of us have deemed to see an opportunity to incur you know violence or unexpected random behavior of similar nature and act upon it uh, this particular situation is a lot more delicate, particularly since we do not have the ship or the crew backing us up. And protocol kind of does not cover this, unless I really didn't pay attention in that class. My understanding of the situation is that you know, we need to be well-behaved and uh, disciplined as Starfleet officers should. Do you think... If a moment of action arises where we need to seize the ship or knock out the crew or um, mind mold or nerve pinch, um, should we have a uh, keyword or phrase that you can tell us discreetly to signal that, okay, this is the time to take action? I think that would be prudent. That's a, a very good suggestion. And because. I think we need to plan our actions carefully. It is possible when they take us out of this room that there will be an opportunity. A go phrase? A go phrase. It's not like you said... way to say we need a go phrase. I thought you said (laughs) mind mold somebody. And I was like, that's... That's harsh. (laughs) Mind meld. (laughs) I I was like, meld. Oh, duh. But like... I guess you could mold someone's mind if you were evil enough as a Vulcan. Right. Um, now, unfortunately, the word coconut may actually come up in casual conversation. <laughs> so I don't know. You guys have not seen a coconut yet. Oh, I don't know if we wanted to use coconut or lime or something like that. I will pay a fate point to this floating two you have in the air for a third one. See, the go phrase is coconut. <laughs> coconut! You guys are good with that? I'm okay with that. <laughs> of course we are. 
So a third fate point for the go phrase to be coconut. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then we will discreetly, you know, whisper, converse, and pass that along to the uh, others. Yeah. Give me deceit rolls. I'm always like, coconut what? <laughs> it would be great if you secretly discussed it with everybody, and then you get to him, and he's like, out loud, coconut? What kind of go phrase is, oh, wait, what? Yeah, Fantastic. boy. <laughs> Ooh, I'm oh, spending this... a point to re-roll that. <laughs> you, you, you may not want to waste it, because vehicle's at negative one. Yeah. Oh, seriously? <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like, okay, everybody. The go phrase, stand up in front of everybody. The go phrase is coconut. That means if I say coconut, you try to take over the ship. Everybody listening to me got that. Coconut. It's awesome. So if they are listening, I think they might know. Well, at, at least if they're if they're listening, that we seem suspicious. You do. We seem. Yeah. <laughs> like, Technically, they, we balance they, out at a flat zero. Yeah, they, you guys they, did great. They keep going over in different corners and whispering stuff to each other. And yeah, it's really yeah, it's not that yeah. If they're yeah. listening, they can find it. So, some time goes past, or as you're whispering, we have no idea that we're we we have no idea that we're not being sly at all. Yeah. So as you're whispering this, you're huddled off in your little corners. Like it's really obvious. Like this room is kind of big. It's like this, like the size of maybe like a small house or something. I mean, because it's got eight beds. It's, kind of, it's not like total compact. And then you have like little corners of people just like huddled and whispering. It's very strange. As you're huddled and whispering, the door is going to open, and about four armed guards and Nelson's going to come through and say, "As I promised, uh, we're arriving at the planet now. If you guys can join me, we're going to go to an observation deck." And we can, I can show you, just you know what we have to deal with. So hopefully you can get an understanding of each other. All if right. you'll, if you'll follow me. Are we on a Death Star? <laughs> no, you're on a Star Killer base. No, God, no. Thanks for listening to episode 49 of our continuing Star Trek Fate Adventures. If you'd like to check out other episodes, you can do that at burneverythinggaming.podbean.com. We have campaigns and this Star Trek game, as well as Dresden Files. We have one-shots and The Secret of Nim, Jewel Heist, A Mystery Who Done It, a fantasy adventure. We also have game reviews, and we also have a monthly tabletop news discussion. We've got lots of things. Go and enjoy it. You can also leave us some feedback at burneverythinggaming.com as well as the Facebook and the Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Good, bad, whatever you think, we would love it. Hope you keep enjoying. <laughs>